Well, that's why fighting is allowed because you have the club in your hand and you have razors on your feet. Yep. So you don't hit with the club or you kick with the skate. Like kicking with the skate is the worst mm. thing. Remember Boris Mihailov doing it to Gary Bergman right through his shin pad. Got him in. Boy, we, he got so many punches in the head because I know I was trying to get him in the face and, and I'll never forget who the hell Dennis Hull said to me. He said, you don't want to hit him in the face, Phil, because he's ugly enough. <laughs> <laughs> you might help him. <laughs> See, now that's it. I just remember we should be taping that. <laughs> the Lightning Audio Network presents Martini Mondays with Phil Esposito and Bobby the Chief Taylor. Have a seat, grab a cocktail, and enjoy the show. Here's Espo and Chief. Dennis Hall is funny. Funny? Oh, the guy is hilarious. God. That's how he makes his living now. He's an after-dinner speaker. His wife, one time, went to this bar. We always went up in Hillside. We all lived in Hillside. And she got up. She was very wealthy. Her family was well, Newman Construction. Okay. Anyway, she got up and went and says, Dennis, I'm playing you a song. <laughs> Press. I bet you think your song is about you. You're so vain. <laughs> I'm telling you, we died. Dennis got ah. Then he tries to back, get on the back of the car to slide bumper race, you know? Yeah, yeah. And she backed up. He's going under. I'm pounding on the window. Stop. <laughs> What a oh, pair they were. Oh. What a pair. You know, he his shot was harder than Bobby's. Chief, I saw him, the old Chicago Stadium, yep. made three and a half. Yeah, three and a half. You know, that glass behind yep. the, uh, the, uh, the Blackhawk net. Yep. In practice, take a slap shot from just inside the blue line, went right through the glass without shattering it, just the hole of the puck. Glenn Hall went, you see why I get the hell out of the way? <laughs> well, he, because I was in St. Louis when they first year the Braves. That was Chicago farm team then. It was that development team. Right. Dennis played there, you know, and this was before it was mandatory for two goalies. And Denny DiGiordi was the number one right, goalie. Right, I was the backup. And we didn't have a mask or anything like that oh. back then. Dennis came down. Now I know, Chief. Oh. I know, Chief. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> I know now more than ever. <laughs> In fact, it's, I keep saying, the longer I live, the more and more I find out why I was a goalie. <laughs> <laughs> but Dennis came down, took a shot, Phil, just went right by my ear, oh, hit the post, and the puck split in half. I believe it. Sure as God made apples. Oh, he could God. shoot him that hard. I got out of the net. I was shaking. Can I imagine? I mean, it just skimmed my ear. Can you imagine? It was an inch over. <laughs> in my, my coconut's gone. <laughs> in warm-up, Glenn used to move out of the way when Dennis came, and he still hit him. Because <laughs> <laughs> he would probably try to make that. You know, and Glenn lisped a little bit, oh, right? So yeah. he'd say, Jesus, Jesus, <laughs> Dennis, come on. <laughs> I'm no, there, over in the corner. You hit me. <laughs> there's, there's a record that'll never be broken. 502 or 8. 502, I think, in a row. In a row. Without a mask. Without a mask, complete. Yeah. Right. I remember getting cut, holding this cut up by his shoulder. Yeah. Around his neck area, holding it. 
going in, we waited. Like you said, we didn't have backups there. Right. And um, they stitched it up, and he came back out and finished the game. Now, people don't understand. If the goalie got hurt, you didn't have a backup. A trainer. Yeah. A player. <laughs> they'd take anybody. I remember the 95 when Jeff Reese. Yeah. Went in for Poopa. Yeah. And he he was dehydrated so bad. That, at, I know. At, at now the in the Thunderdome. Thunderdome. Yeah. yeah. I said to my brother Tony, "You're not far from here. Go get your equipment. You got to go." And he went. I can't say what he once yeah. said to me. <laughs> he says, "Put Jocko in." <laughs> you know what? It's funny because um, I played in that old Eastern League. That was the you know the league that that Slapshot movie was yeah. made. Johnstone. Yeah, and we had 12 players and one goalie. All right, so I go and we played 72 games in 21 weeks. And you played every every game. day, every you know, just about anyway. And we traveled by bus. Yep. Then you know what was old? I think it was it was almost like a school bus, but I think it was like a cardinal coach or something like that. It was an old Greyhound bus that yeah. was from 19. 19- 50. I know. <laughs> they took out the last rows. So Don't that, forget, this is in the 60s. I know. Late 50s, early 60s. We would date ourselves, oh, okay? I know we do. So it was an old bus. Yeah. Well, they took out half the seats so six guys could sleep and six guys could be awake. Well, no. The card players got the whole place down at the back. And played cards. And played cards the whole All way. All night. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. Oh, no. But anyway, I, I got hit in the head. Uh when we were playing in the Cherry Hill Arena in Philly, or in just over the bridge, and I got cut for 72 stitches. I go back out to finish the game, and I'm sitting there, there and then, you know, you get in your crouch to get ready for the face-off. And you remember that old show, Laugh-In, where they had that old guy that rode that tricycle around? Yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden, he would just fall over to the side? <laughs> That's what I did. I'm waiting for the face-off, all of a sudden, boom, I fall over right, to the right side. over. Right out. No kidding. So, Jamie... Kennedy, Forby's younger brother, had to come in and play goal for the rest of the game. Wow. Isn't that wild? Is it true? Our trainer was supposed to come in, but as soon as he saw me get hit, he was gone. He went out the back door, got in the parking lot, and drove. He never came back for two days. <laughs> two days. He, was, he thought for sure he might have to go in again the very next day to practice or for a game. <laughs> those were those were crazy oh, times, man. I, I got to tell you. you. And you know, look, the game has changed. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I thought I thought about talking about a little bit today was the fact about that, that kid that got killed in, oh, yeah. in London, uh, you know, in England. Um, and that Andy Johnson, his name was, I yeah. think. Yeah, Andy Johnson played for Pittsburgh yep. a little bit, huh? Yeah. They arrested the guy uh, for manslaughter. Manslaughter. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure figure out in my mind how that could happen, and because I saw the replays and everything else, and there was definitely hit, and the leg swung, and I, I just was a freak accident to me. Yeah. But I say this. The NHL has to take some sort of blame here. And this is what I believe. The game has gotten way too fast everywhere. 
you don't allow any interference and guys are going at breakneck speed. It doesn't matter that they're playing in the East Coast League or in a league in London, England, or a league in China. Yep. It doesn't matter. They're still going and they're going fast because there's no little interference. There's no little holding or anything like yep. that. So the speed is ridiculous. And I'm a No screening leader. of anybody? No screening, that's right. And my feeling is, Chief, if they wanted the game to go this quickly, this fast, their rink would be 250 feet by 125 feet wide because of the speed. Yeah. Because nobody's going to tell me that in the 70s that guys, or even in the 60s, that guys couldn't skate as fast as some of the guys do today. Right. They weren't allowed to. No. They just weren't allowed to. Now, Bobby Hull, as you remember, would wind up and go up, and boy, <laughs> when he got going, it was hard. Yeah. I remember trying to skate beside Gordy Howe, who didn't look like he was going fast, Yeah. but he, his legs were long oh, strides. Long strides and smooth. And Frank Mahalas, long Another strides, one, yeah. smooth, yeah. and quick and fast, I mean. Yeah. And... But there, there, two was, there was a two-line pass back then, too, so you couldn't really get going. Exactly, and I can tell you this. I can't tell you how many times I put my stick in a guy's belly and held him back, and he took me for a ride. Yeah. I can't tell you. Yep. And they did it to me, too. Yep. And that slowed everything down. Yep. And I feel that we've gotten too quick, way too fast. And I fear, I fear for more catastrophical injuries. Yeah. And I don't want to see that in our game. No. You can put the helmets on. You can put the face shields on. You can put now the choker in the neck on. You can, how much more can you protect when you have razors on your feet and a club in your hand? Right. And that's why fighting was allowed in hockey all these years. Yes. And people don't aren't aware of that. But it's getting to a point where the stick work is going to get worse and the speed is going to get better. These kids are training from the time they're five well, years old, six years old. Parents are paying outrageous amounts of money because they think if their kid could make it in the NHL, yep. and what, 3 4% yep. make it or yep. something like well, that? Something like that. It's and they pay a lot of money. Oh. Don't get me wrong. If I was that age, I certainly would want my folks folks to do it too. Yeah, but our folks didn't do it. No, they told us to go outside and play. Yeah. Oh, well, we, I never like we different. talked one day where I think I played indoors the very first time. I was fifteen. Nineteen fifty-eight. I was sixteen years old. Was the first artificial ice I skated on. Yeah. Yeah, we did it because we only had one indoor rink in Calgary. It was 250,000 people then. And it's what, a million, two, or almost two million, though. Well, we built the one rink, which is still there, the Sioux Memorial Gardens. Yeah. And we only had like about 30,000, 35. Now it's about 60,000. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah. Well, we got, the reason why we played in the big rink was because we had the provincial championships then. Ah. So that's when we got to play. Yep. Same here with the juvenile championships. Yeah. And when people in Canada, folks, you had minor, Pee Wee, 
which was really young, yeah? Yeah, yeah. if you were tiny mite, that was up to 12. Yeah, they were tiny mite. And then you had Bantam, minor Bantam, Bantam, Midget, and then Juvenile, yeah. which was up to about 16, 17. Uh, 18, I think. Juvenile was 17, 18. Uh, and then they were Junior. Then, then they went then to Junior. Then you had to go to Junior. Yeah. And that's all changed, obviously, oh, yeah. too. So. Yeah. Well, you know, more things change the more they stay the same. I, I always have that say. I don't know why I say that. But think about it, though. I think one of the reasons when it did change quite a bit was, you know, players change it, like Bobby Orr. Yeah, I changed the game. I played in St. Saint, Saint Catharines when Orr was in Oshawa with Cash, yeah. Cashman. And he was like 14 years old then. And fly. He could oh, fly. He was the best player in the league. Without it was unbelievable how good he was. It's like Bedard did, like Gretzky did, yeah. like Lemieux did. Yep, and he was playing against 20-year-olds at Probably 14. Probably David did, too. Uh, oh, yeah. You don't hear about that as much. Yeah. It's so much. And you're right. They just would absolutely be dominant. I wonder, you know. I, I wonder. Because if you allow one, you got to allow everybody, which, which kind of, because some of them should be up which there. Which brings me to another topic. When a kid is 19, and he can go back to junior, right. but he's definitely too good for junior. Right. And you can't send him to the American League. I know. I kind of don't understand that. I understand it to the, for the point that that junior league, you don't want it to be raped. Right. And taking right. all the good players out because... There are a lot of livings being made in junior hockey, and yep. and um, you don't want to lose that, you know. You don't, don't want to screw them up, but well, you know, you take a look, you look at now, like Andre Pilat, perfect example. Never got drafted on in perfect his 18th example. birthday, and we drafted him when he was a 20 year old. Yep, perfect example. You know, late. Blo I guess you want to say late bloomer, but. He definitely was one guy that fell through the cracks. Gee, I never made junior till I was 19, almost 20. Yeah. I played one year of junior, about, about three quarters of a year of junior. And then I went to the East, Eastern Pro League. Which was, yeah. Which then turned into the Central League. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, But then the following year, I was in the NHL. And uh, I think about that so often because... If you didn't get a break with the six-team league, you could be buried. Exactly. Buried. And I think I've told this story before about Tommy Ivan, who was the general manager of the Blackhawks. Yeah. I went in after my first year of scoring. I scored 21 goals my first year. Yeah. I mean, that was like a 300 hitter back then in oh, baseball. Oh, heck yeah. And I was too old. I played one too many games or dressed. Yeah. Once you dressed and stepped one foot on the ice, you were played it counted as a game. So it was over the 25-game limit yep. to be a rookie, considered a rookie. Right. With 26. <laughs> I did it on purpose. So sure in they, case I won, they didn't have to bonus. pay the bonus. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, <laughs> did that. Anyway, I go in to talk to him for a contract. And he had his glasses down at the end of his nose. And he's sitting behind his desk, his suit jackets off, his shirt, white shirt and tie, and he's saying, well, Ken, what is that you're looking for? I mean, what do you, what do you want? I said, well, I, I want to play for the Blackhawks, and 
I'd like to get a contract. I scored 21 goals last year. I end up 11th in the league in scoring that year, my first year. First year, yeah. And I says, I'd like to make a little bit more money. I was making $7,000. <laughs> and he said, well, how much would you like? And just as I was going to say it, the telephone rang. He said, one minute. Picks it. I never said excuse me. He said, one minute. Picks the phone up. He said, what? Yeah? What? You tell that guy I got 20 other players just like him. No problem. He doesn't want to come here. He doesn't want to take the offer. Tell him to go someplace else. Get out of here. I don't need him. Hangs up the phone. He looks at me and says, now what was it you were after? <laughs> and I says, what do you want to pay me? <laughs> I mean, that's... That oh, is the you truth. can bet it was planned. It, it was, was years later. Tony and I, when we got yeah. the lightning, okay? Yeah. We were in Chicago. We both went on the trip because it was Chicago. Yeah, and exactly. Tony wanted to go back and all this, and I did too. See the new stadium. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So we had dinner with Billy Ray and Tommy Ivan. No kidding. Because Billy was, was retired. Billy Ray was the coach. Yeah. And. The gab was going on, and I said, Tommy, I said, I got to ask you. You know, I mean, now that I'm sort of in the same boat as you were, yeah. I says, um, let me ask you. I mean, what what was going on that first contract that I came in to talk to you about? And he, he looked at me, and he says, telephone? I said, yeah. He said, well, I have this button under the under the table. Whenever a kid would ask for more money than I wanted to give him, I'd ring the bell, I'd press the thing, and my secretary would call me. <laughs> and the minute she called me, she knew what was going on. Uh, and he says, I got all you guys. I funny. said, you dirty son of a bitch. <laughs> I said, that is terrible. Um, he says, yeah, you can't do those things nowadays. No, yeah, I know. <laughs> oh. oh, God, and our $15 or $12 a day meal money was the first, 12, I think, 12 or 15. Something like that. Yeah. I know when they. And we had to buy our own meals. When they first went yeah. to camp there, he, him and Ivan, him and uh, Billy Ray would always walk by me every time because I was 6'1". Yeah. Back then, that was a big goal. Big goalie. I was six one, and they kept saying to me, "Are you sure you're not a defenseman? Are you sure you're not a defenseman?" <laughs> Unbelievable, right? Uh, the thing is, too, you know, you think about back then. Everybody's gotten bigger. The kids oh, are bigger. Sure. Everything. I, it amazes me when I stand like Mikey Isimot. Everybody says he's small. Well, I stand beside him. He's not small. No. He's six foot at least, yeah. maybe more. Yeah. He's not small, but he looks small compared to the other dudes. Yeah, I know. And I'm thinking, holy crap. You know, well, they must be all tall because their pants don't even get to their ankles. <laughs> Jesus, bless me. They should have a party. Invite them down yeah, to meet I the know. shoes. I swear to God, parents, when they have their kid now, they put them in the garden pour manure on them and water them every day so they grow that big. <laughs> yeah, I know. We had a an accountant like that here the first five or six years. 
Remember? Yep. What the heck? I'm trying to remember his name. He was in New York, too. Anyway, Vince. Vincey. Vince, Vince something. Yep. Anyway, <laughs> that's what we used to say, Vince. Go back to your your office, your room there, and every once in a while we'll open up the door and throw compost at you <laughs> <laughs> so you could grow. <laughs> yeah. Horse oh, manure. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> uh, those were fun times, man. When you look back on them, holy crap. I mean. Now, you tell me, was, was Keith Allen a good guy to deal with? Basically, yeah, he was. Um, they had a way of manipulating even then, you know, because obviously we were the, you know. The, the new guys set. on the block. Yeah, and 12, 12 teams in. So they still, um, but you'd go into him and um, uh, he he would, you know, he'd give it that, oh, I don't know, <laughs> uh, you know, and the face would all be screwed up and saying all this, you know, and we never, people don't understand. We didn't have agents back then. Mm -mm. We were the agents. Of ourselves. Yep. Yeah. And um, it was. Uh, and we were dumb about that. Oh, yeah. We were. Yeah, we were. And, uh, you know, they, so he, Keith, Keith was a good guy, but, you know, Ed Snyder was a great guy to deal with. Yeah. You know, I bet he was. He was really. Well, he good. was great in the Players Association, yeah. Yeah. too. He, yeah. He was. I went out for dinner with him and Myrna many, many, many times on the meetings. Tony and I would go and. We have a blast with Eddie. Oh yeah, we would. I mean, he would say some things, but we would bust his balls back. Oh, <laughs> we would. We try to bust him too. Oh, I know. Well, uh, he was smart too because he was one of the few owners when the WHA came in. You know, and people don't realize it was another league that was coming in, and they had Messier right. and, about and Gretzky, yeah. and the reason why they made that that the merger was to get those young guys into the league. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so he... Plus the money. Yeah, and the money, right. And so he saw they were coming in there. So what he did, when we won that first cup, you know, lot, you wouldn't really, you could probably get a two-year contract back then. Very rarely would you ever get a four- or five-year contract. Right. Or, yep. You know, and he, he told Keith, he says, I want you to try and sign everybody to a minimum of a three-year deal. And so everybody, and and they gave Bernie Perron and Bobby Clark. What year was this, Bob? Oh, we're talking, what's, when did the, uh, 73, You guys 74? came in 70, 67, didn't you? No, 67. You came in 72 then, I went in. I went in 72. I got near 72. But wouldn't the Flyers... When they came in the league. It was 67. It was 67. 67, 68. Okay. Yeah. So when the WHA came in in what, 71, 72, somewhere around there? I think so. Around 73 70. maybe? No, around 70, Chief. Yeah, okay. Because, no, 72, you're yep. right, because Derek left. Yep. Pie left. Yep. Cheesy left. Yep. And he, he saw everybody was coming in, in and he so he signed us all to three-year deals or up. He, gave, he knew. Sure. He gave Bobby Clark and Bernie Pront what they said, lifetime contracts, which was for like $150,000 a year for 10 years. They thought that was lifetime. Yep. Well, Clark, he probably, and Bernie probably are still getting something. Oh, yeah. Oh, sure. They are. Definitely. And it, it was amazing. And we all, and because remember Billy Deneen? 
Sure do. Foxy was, I played with him in Seattle when they sent me out to Seattle. And uh, Foxy went and coached Houston. Mm -hmm. Because he coached Gordy and his two boys. And his two boys. Yeah. And so he was said, (laughs) and he always, he loved his beers. Oh, I know he did. So he came into Philly one time. Too much. Oh, yeah. So he came into Philly one time and and he comes in the room. and And that was another thing that they were really good about. You know, the guys like that, players, old players and that, you could come in the room. And so he came in there and he was really upset with me. And he says, Chief, he says, how come you never called me back? And I go, what are you talking about, Fox? You never called me. He says, yeah. I says, I called your agent. I says, I've never had an agent. <laughs> he says, well, who is a guy out in Portland, Oregon then? I said, that was my accountant. He did my taxes one year. And he told me that you were that he was your agent. I said, Fox, no, because he wanted me to go to Houston. Uh, and he was going to give me a three-year deal there. And I said, Foxy, if you'd have called me, I'd have gone there in a heartbeat. Yeah, you of course you would have with money. Gordy you, and, you triple your money. And now triple your money. I know that's somebody asked me today, actually at lunch I was with these people and and do you have any regrets, Phil? I says, I I don't I don't deal with regrets. I think about some things. The thing that I think about most as being most disappointing yeah. was that I didn't go to Vancouver and the WHA. They offered me a million dollars to sign, $500,000 a year. Holy crow. That's 76 now. Yeah. Five, 75, 76 seasons, so 75, 76. Think of the gas you could buy. It was only 30 cents a gallon. I know. <laughs> I know. And they offered me 500000 a year for 10 years, 5000 to five years at 500 to play, and 500 a year to be in management when I was done. And I'll never forget this. And and um, the guy was the guy that owned all the car dealers. Oh, um, 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 Patterson. Patterson, Jim Jimmy Patterson. Patterson. That's it. And, um, and I got on the airplane going back with my wife at the time. And we were flying, uh, buying, and Vancouver was beautiful. Oh, beautiful. And the sun was out. There wasn't any rain, so it was really gorgeous, really okay? Nice. Yeah. And they showed us this house that they would get us, and it was gorgeous on a little sort of hill, and you could see the ocean. And I'll be in West Van. I, I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. As we're driving, well, we're on the airplane. Yeah. And I don't know, uh, my wife was sort of like, looking out the window and just daydreaming. And, and I says, you know what? I don't think I want to go. I think I want to stay in Boston. I like Boston too much. She said, the money is so good. I says, well, I know, but I like playing in Boston. Yeah. And how much money do we need to live on? Right. And I went back, made a deal with Harry Sinden, for four hundred and fifty thousand a year, for six years, but the kicker was I had what they called irrevocable trusts. I put you as my trustee, Henry yeah. as a trustee, and Stevie as a trustee. Right. Okay, I can't. You can't tell me what you're doing with that money. I wanted to take one hundred and fifty home a year, and three hundred would go 
at 18%, because prime was 18%. Wow. Never to go below prime rate. Wow. Bruin said, fine. Harry said, fine. We signed the contract. Then I get a call from Harry saying, look, they want you to change the contract because we can't deduct it until you start taking it. And if you don't only take 100 a year, that's all we can deduct. And uh, Jacobs doesn't like that. I said, look, we signed a contract. I'm willing to stick with it. I said, I wouldn't come back to you if if things were, I was going crazy. And I, you know what I mean? I yeah. didn't come to you when I scored 76 goals and say, hey, look, I'm making 20 grand here. Hey, yeah. about doing something? You know, I didn't. I waited. So we made the deal, right? Right. Harry said, Phil, Jacobs cannot deduct it. He doesn't mind paying you, but you got to take it all in salary. I said, I'm not going to do that. Two days later, I was traded to the New York Rangers. Wow. Here's the kicker. Get to New York. Play a couple of games. I get a call from Bill Jennings. Yeah. He wants to see me. I go into Madison Square Garden up to the offices, and he said, "What? what is this contract? And I said, irrevocable trust. And he said, well, what does that mean? I said, look, I have my trustees. I told him my brother was one, uh, Fred Scharf, and my lawyer, Arnold Bloom, were the other two. And I said, they are the ones that invest the money, do whatever. I don't, I can't find out about it until I start taking it. I trust them implicitly. Yep. I said, well, we can't deduct. Same thing. He said, we'll give you 50000 more a year. We'll give you 500000 a year to do this. Take it because we've got to change the contract. If you don't, we're going to try to find someplace else for you to play. Really? I went, are you kidding? Now, my brother had the same contract in Chicago. In Chicago. They never bothered with him at all. He still, his estate is still collecting. Yeah. Freddie Stanfield had it. That traded him to Minnesota. Uh, Kenny Hodge had it. And they made him change his contract. Yeah. And he did. Because he wanted to stay in Boston. Right. And I, I thought about that over the years. If I had one disappointment, it was not taking the deal, deal. in the WHA. Because a year later... I would have been back in the NHL. Exactly. And if I wanted to go to Boston, I'd go to Boston. If I wanted to go anywhere. Yeah. And I would have gone back to Boston if I could have. There's no doubt about it. I love playing with the Bruins. I did. Yeah. And especially when you have a good team, eh? Oh, man. When you have a good team, yeah. I mean. Exactly. What? What's, and I say this and not to be disparaging and not to, Make small of it, but what's five hundred thousand dollars more if you're happy and you're making five hundred thousand dollars? Yeah, I mean, gee, you I know, know it's, it's weird. I mean, and back in the 70s, what would it be worth today? Oh, five yeah. million, yeah, even then, I was underpaid, yeah, because <laughs> if I was playing today, I'd be getting 10, 12 million exactly. if I wanted it, yeah. I wouldn't give a crap. I'd play where I wanted to play. Yeah. Yeah. It's 
it was that would I be think, here. You know what? <laughs> it was it was uh, I know it was back then though it was more of you wanted to play with one team your whole career. Everybody everybody wanted to be with one team their whole career because that was you know the loyalty. I've always said know. loyalty. Loyalty. That's the word, man. Yeah. They loyalty never usually uh, comes down. It always goes up. But it should have gone two ways. Exactly. It should have. But it never did with the no, owners. No. No, it didn't. It didn't. No. They didn't give a crap. No. If you couldn't. Well, you know what I remember? For me, when I got, I got, <laughs> when I got traded to Pittsburgh, it was, it was kind of funny because they would send me, I, I think we talked about this one time, when they sent me down to Richmond for two weeks to get in shape and then come back and sit me on the bench for four. <laughs> weeks anyway because <laughs> bernie would only get 22 shots a game yeah, yeah. he didn't get and, many shots. and he would never have it's a screen like marty brodeur in new yeah. jersey with all those years with yeah. lamar coaching yeah at 24 25 shots a and game. ben That's never it. had a screenshot no <laughs> i mean who the heck wanted to go in front of that with eddie van ipp standing there and moose dupont you well, know they'd, they'd carve your initials on your forehead without a doubt yeah and you didn't even know it happened <laughs> Funny story about that. Here we go off on another tangent, but that's all right. I'm playing in Atlanta, right? And Jacques Richard, who had played with Guy Lafleur in junior, right, and had it a, was a great player. I he thought is. he was a great player, but yep. in the NHL, no. he petered out. He petered out. So he's playing. I forget who the, it was. Probably the Nordiques because that's playing right. in Atlanta, and all of a sudden he's coming down, and he gives a dipsy doodle and goes around Van Imp and takes a quick shot. Just zips it over my head over like this. You know, Eddie. <laughs> I got two stories about guys that did that to him. Eddie goes over to him in the face-off circle and says, kid, don't ever do that again. Don't ever do that again. And so, Richard, he's a young punk. You, oh, 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 sure, old man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got that many oh, times. Oh, oh. Next, about, you know, halfway through the game or next, you know, after a little while coming down there, tries the same thing. All of a sudden, he's laying in the corner, <laughs> laying in the corner, <laughs> hunched over, and he, Eddie comes back in front of me, and he shows me his stick, and I'm not, I'm telling you, this is a true story, he's got a tuft of his, of Jacques Richard's hair on the end of his stick. He says, I told that kid not to do it again. And he's laying in the corner. That's how the difference our game is. Remember, they didn't wear helmets. No, they didn't wear helmets. They didn't wear helmets. So he never did that again. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening to Martini Mondays with Phil Esposito and Bobby the Chief Taylor. New episodes drop every Monday in your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to tip your waitress and leave us a five-star review.